Welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast. It's Thursday the 16th of June and I, David Scriven, am with Phil Smith. How are you, Phil? How are you, Phil? Thank you very much, David. Good. Yeah. Good to hear that you slightly broke up on me there, so hopefully we don't have any technical details, but any technical problems. But anyways, I'll I'll start the podcast and say that those hopes for a follow through of green from last night evaporated today uh, with, of course, negative futures. Now, Powell's insistence that 75 beeps is not new normal increment is being questioned by the market, especially when you consider it wasn't long ago that he dismissed 75 bips as not being on the table. Stocks have tended to rise in Fed raise cycles, 12 of those since the 50s, the only exception being in 1974. The key point here is that bar that exception, the economy was expanding. So people are conscious of whether we will be able to sustain economic momentum or whether we're headed for recession. So I think these are things that are sort of gripping the sentiment of the market at the moment. Anyways, looking at um, Bloomberg, I wanted to revisit a theme that um, we had when I was last on the podcast concerning cybersecurity. And Morningstar have written about cybersecurity and highlighting that the industry growth rate in their estimation is 12% compound for the next five years. And they highlight that companies enjoy high margins, um, that uh, we're consistently getting an increase in ransomware attacks. And there's interesting M&A in the industry at the current moment. So as valuations come off, there could be a catalyst of more M&A to come. Now, the names they mention are in the US and uh, they can be found on Bloomberg, CrowdStrike, Fortinet, uh, Okra, Palo Alto um, are a few of those names. But I also wanted to mention that, of course, we've talked about and highlighted Carrero in previous podcasts. And before I bring Phil into the uh, uh, into the podcast, I just wanted to mention that I've taken a quick look at Informa and the results were very encouraging for them in the context of saying that they're reconfirming their guidance. Academic markets were up 3.5%. Live and online demand events were up 100%. B2B digital services up 10%. And they completed that pharma intelligence agreement for 1.9 billion, basically making them debt free. And of course, they've got very strong cash generation. Um, They've got a share buyback whose average was 5.75 so far, and they get a reinstate dividend. So very, uh, very good news for Informa. And now for more detail on uh, from my colleague, Phil, and he will start off in the renewable space. I I certainly will, David. I hope you can hear me. There's a a gentleman with a very big strimmer outside. Not in my house. I hasten to have always stopped now, so hopefully he'll stay away. Right. Okay. So um, this is tech and transitional energy, and just talking about renewable energy and some uh, positive news, which is what we need this week, David. I feel, um, and that was seen that uh, BP uh, has announced that um, it's going to make a, a very large investment into a green hydrogen project in Western Australia. 
um, total project is going to take cost 30 billion to develop, um, and they're going to buy a 40% stake in it. This is the Asian Renewable Energy Hub, um, and this particular project is a uh, six and a half thousand. Billy, you there? It's to develop 26 gigawatts of solar and wind power. Uh, so very big investment there from BP. Uh, staying on the theme of, of energies that uh, Total Energy um, have announced that they have agreed to buy a 25% stake in Adani New Industries um, project in, I think this is in India, which is going to spend more than $50 billion over 10 years to build capacity to produce a million tons of green hydrogen. Uh, by two, uh, 2030. So some some big investment uh, in renewable projects there. And, and staying on the theme, uh, I don't know if you've come across this company before, but John Lang Environmental, uh, the ticket is JLEN, J-L-E-N, market caps uh, just under 750 million. Uh, this, this company had its results today, the year ending March, and they have a portfolio of renewable generation assets um, and the 37 assets. And these include wind and PV and solar and wastewater. Um, and they had said in their results that um, during the year, the net asset value had increased by 25%. Um, so a very strong increase in, in the value of those assets. Uh, they've raised £118 million. Pounds. Um, and if you note, David, on screen, you'll see that the shares generally have been a very good performer. So... Uh, in these markets, given a nice spread of assets uh, in renewable space, this one I think is well worth taking a look at. That's John Lang Environmental. Indeed, and a nice uh, dividend as well. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I, yeah, I think the div is about just over 5%. So, uh, yeah, a good play. And then, and then staying on environmental, a company I've not come across uh, before is Enna Aqua. That's spelt E-N-E-R-A-Q-U-A. Enoaqua Technologies, the ticker's ETP, market cap is 94 million. Uh, this is a company that had an IPO in November uh, last year um, and has made a couple of uh, strategic acquisitions, totaling 5.1 million. Um, and one of those was in a uh, control uh fluid water control system technology, and they call it control flow, and this reduces water wastage and improves the performance of uh, heating hot water systems. Um, and I think the others are related into um, they're looking at uh, heat pump solutions. So, uh, yeah, they, they provide turkey retrofit into district communal heating systems using high efficiency gas or heat pumps. So two sort of strands to this this business. Uh, and they had reported reported results, which were showing revenues up from 40.6 million to 36.2 million. That'll be, you know, the acquisitions in there. But nonetheless, this is good progress as company. And EBITDA go from 1.3 million to 5.6 um, 6 million. Good balance sheet, report a strong order book. So that's a new company, not one I'd come across before, but an interesting set of results. It, that does sound very interesting. Is that exclusively for Indian markets? Or you, I know we're new to this name, but is, is it... Um, a broader market that they're looking at in terms of geographies. I, th I think I think this is a broader market. I mean, they 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 said that uh, post the period end that their irrigation solution had been selected by the Department of Horticulture in in India, 
uh, and it's a 0.9 million contract. But I, I mean, I want to take a closer look at this one, but it, it's probably a broader, uh, a broader portfolio. But water, you know, water, water conservation, um, you know, is an area of of, of, of global interest and, uh, and potentially a structural growth area for them. So very interesting. Yeah, definitely. And their, you know, EBIT margins moving up quite nicely as well. Yeah, absolutely. Something we like to see. Um, and, you know, as cash increasingly becomes king, um, seeing margins rise is, is, is all important. Now, now, that's sort of renewables, but getting on to more pure tech, uh, this company that's been listed for a good long while called Netcall. Don't know if you've come across Netcall before, David. No, I haven't. Right. Okay. Uh, ticker is NET. Market cap's under 27 million. Um, and this company provides uh, technology for it says intelligent automation, customer engagement software is what it uh, does. And I think I renew. Remember this I originally doing like call queuing software at cost at uh, call centres, but it's far more advanced than that now. Um, and their their platform is working with um, S and P 500 financial services firms so they've got operation uh, uh, they've just announced yeah i was going to say they've announced what they've done is that cause announced a significant contract um it's with an s&p 500 financial services firm um and they said the uh, the revenue for that uh, is three-year cloud subscription contract is up to 19 million dollars um so quite a significant contract for them and as a result of that contract the board now expects adjusted EBITDA for full year 2020 to be significantly ahead of previous expectations now um, the shares on this company they've, they've spiked up on this um, but what's of note I'll just look at the financial ratios David it's on the EV net revenue multiple this is from Icon of uh, four times falling to 3.3 times and a forecast EPS growth from 1.7p to 2.7p so that's good strong uh, underlying growth is expected for the company going forward. So nice to see some good positive results and a, a good net call. Yeah, no, definitely should be on people's radar, I think, to have a look, a further look. Yeah. OK, now getting on to um, companies that during a downturn and coming out of a downturn are always, you know, are potentially going to benefit. Now, one of those is we'll look at Halma. Um, the ticker is HLMA. The market cap is 7.4 billion. Um, the you know it's a 0.9% dividend. The shares are down 40% year to date. Um, uh, now let's look at what it does. Uh, the company Halma provide technologies. Um, you, you know it's electronics uh, and instrumentation that saves, as they say, saves lives, protects infrastructure, enables safe movement, um, protects assets in critical industries and logistics and examples they give are like elevator safety, fire suppression, um, uh, fire detection, pressure management, safe storage, etc. So lots of applications uh, across lots and lots of industries um, and it involves obviously capital spend um, and if there are fears about capital spend weakening because of slowing economic growth then unfortunately companies like this are going to be impacted but nonetheless these are very high quality you know, this is a high quality global company now. Um, and I don't know if you had a look at the results today, David, but they were showing um, that their statutory profit before tax was up by 20% to 304 million um, from 253 million. But that actually included a gain 
um, of 34 million on the disposal. So, um, you know, that that's the underlying tax. It looks like the underlying pre-tax profit is up actually 6% or sales up by 16%. So, um, nonetheless, it was supposed they had of expectations from analysts um, and they pointed out they've got strong order books uh, and expect good returns in the coming year. Uh, however, um, the company has grown significantly um, since 2005 when their chief executive, who's announced today he's finally retiring, well, was originally appointed um, and their revenues have grown from 300 million to 1.5 billion today. So maybe the market's a bit disappointed that he is moving on, but uh, people have to retire at some stage. Um, but also I suspect there's an element of caution over the outlook for the economy there. But companies like this, and the one I'm going to talk about next, Oxford Instruments, are ones to keep your eye on when the shares start to really come off, you know, because of the threat of an economic downturn, because these are global, these are global operators with good global brands. Yeah, no, definitely. I've been a big fan of Halmer. I've, I've sort of kept an eye on them for, for many, many years. I, I haven't actually bought any stock simply because they're within investment trusts that I hold, as, which is a subject we talked about on a previous podcast. Um, but yeah, I've got a, a huge amount of, um, uh, you know, uh, positive thoughts on on Halmer there. So definitely I would uh, have that one on your on your radar and want to be a long term holder. Yeah, right. There's another second one. Um, and, you, you know, look at the share price on this um, since 2019. It's more than doubled, even with the recent it's off 24 percent year to date. Um, so good reason to be looking at these things when they're coming off. And with a view, this is Oxford Instruments, OXIG. It's 1.2 billion market cap. Um, they've announced their four year results. And, and I previously used to cover this as an analyst. Now, Oxford Instruments is a terrific brand. It's known in laboratories all around the world. Um, and they provide instrumentation that um, is within things like electron microscopes, um, deposition and etch tools, which are used in semiconductor manufacture. They do um, X-ray instrumentation, they do nuclear magnetic resonance for measurement. So anything, you know, they, they produce the instruments that are used to develop highly highly advanced um you know materials and products and they work at like the nano scale so this is really advanced science stuff um and they're using end industries like agricultural food automotive aerospace bioimaging life sciences chemicals so lots of end industries uh, use them and this is a global global this is a global brand now i remember this one post Salinas crash absolutely came off but my word did it recover um, as the economy recovered and companies started to spend even more on, uh, on equipment. Uh, anyway, quickly, their annual revenue increased by, uh, they reported 15% to uh, 367 million. Uh, so that was very good. And so a lot of growth in, in Asia. Uh, Asian growth was up by 26%. It's half their revenue. So you can tell what's Asian, it's Asian economies and academic institutions investing in, in tech. Um, so that was good. Their operating margin fell, um, fell slightly by the looks of it. Um, and I think they said they'd seen some supply chain disruption and cost inflation that uh, the active margins a bit. So, you know, again, probably you know, the market has reacted a bit on Oxford Instruments, but this is one way you take quite a longer view. Um, you know, as we go through this cycle, because this is a fundamentally a very, very good company. 
Sounds good. And it makes me sort of think, as you've highlighted a number of names here, you know, diversification exposure to a number of industries, um, global exposure um, are all positive characteristics, I think, at this point in time, not least for the fact that you've got to put put into the perspective that, you know, the pound is weak. So um, that's where some of these companies are going to benefit if they're in um, getting the, the, a decent translation. But unless there's anything else you would like to add, I think we could perhaps draw the meeting to a close. Um, anything else you want to pop in here or or should we call it a day? And um, thank you for your uh, your very kind thoughts, sir. Well, I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, we've been a little bit thin on specific company news uh, this week, but uh, results will be coming through. Uh, we're also heading into, uh, as we go into July, we'll have the US reporting um, period as well to get through. But um, lots happening. Some of it is not great, obviously, for shareholders at the moment, but some of it is very good. So we'll try and try and highlight uh, good things to look at. Yeah, we'll find oases, oases of interest for people in a tough time. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to chatting next week, though. Many thanks. Bye bye.